federal monies from COVID relief funds, you know, that we've applied for and- um, That working people. Yeah, that, that, are, that are tax dollars. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's- Working class people. Yeah. You're listening to Reparations in Action here on Black Power 96.3. Uhuru, you're listening to the Reparations in Action podcast and FM radio show, also known as White Lies Shattered. My name is Jamie Simpson, and I'm the host of Reparations in Action, which is produced out of the Black Power 96 studio and broadcast on Black Power 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. Reparations in Action is a program of white solidarity with Black Power. This week, we're going to bring you an interview that we were honored to have with the director of the Department of Agitprop for the African People's Socialist Party, Akile Anayi, and Black Power 96 station manager, Eddie Maltzby, about the attacks coming down on the Uhuru movement, including the recent Pinellas County Commission vote that revoked funding for Black Power 96. So first, we're going to play some clips from a recent Pinellas County Commission meeting where supporters spoke out demanding that the commission resume its funding for the Black Power 96 radio station a week after the commission had revoked a grant that had already been given for upgrades for equipment at the station. I'm here to say that the commission's decision to take these resources away from APDF and Black Power 96 radio is purely politically motivated. It has nothing to do with whether or not they believe a radio is of necessity. This is clearly an infringement upon the rights of black people as presumed citizens of the U.S. The fact is we have a different opinion and we're unafraid to express it. And because of this, we are being punished. We don't have and have never agreed with, the, with Flowers or Latvala's dynasty or anyone else that has ever stood in the way of black people being able to achieve political and economic power over our lives. But whether or not Flowers, Latvala, and the rest of this commission likes the Uhuru movement is not what the grant was about. Those funds do not belong to any of the commissioners. They belong to the people. If democracy is under attack in this country, the Pinellas County Commission should be held responsible for attacking and criminalizing black people for exercising our rights to freedom of speech, freedom of association and assembly. I wanna further assert that this attack on a platform that gives rise to black voices, stories, businesses and culture is no different than that which is being made by Ron DeSantis on black history and education, which we know some of the commissioners on here support. It's an attack we will not stand for. We demand these resources be re-awarded back to this radio station and for this commission to halt its slanderous attacks on the Uhuru movement, APDF, and the entire black community. Right now, our government, or your government, is in debate with student loans that are costing our United States trillions of dollars. Uh, Joe Biden wants to get rid of it. This company, Black Power 96.3 FM and the Education Defense Fund, we want those funds back. How can you give someone something and then take it back? And I heard a pastor just came up here saying something about God. If God gave Jesus for to save us and then give it back, we would all go to hell. And last I want to say to the, this commission is that every time this is brought up to you, you sh should shamelessly hold your head. I'm 100% blind. Even a blind man can see that you have done an injustice. Even a blind man can see the cloud that is dirty holding over your head. Please remove the cloud and make what's wrong right. All right. So that was station manager Eddie Maltzby at Black Power 96 Radio and director of the Department of Agitprop and director of Burning Spear Media, Akile Anayi, 
speaking at that Pinellas County Commission meeting on February 28th, 2023. And we want to turn now to a conversation that we had with Director Akile and Station Manager Eddie. And we, we were also joined by the chair of the African People's Solidarity Committee, Penny Hess. Uru. Uru, Jamie. Uru, thank you for having us. Yes. Uru, and welcome, too. I'm, I'm really glad to, to be able to welcome you as well. And I want to welcome you, uh, Chairwoman Penny Hess, back to Reparations in Action. Uh, so we want to just really open this up today. Uh, you know, on, on February, I believe it was February 20th, there was a press conference also about this, about the fact that this grant had already been approved to the station by the commission in November of 2022. The move to rescind the grant was spurred by this reactionary commissioner, Chris Lotvala, son of the former uh, Florida State Senator Jack Lotvala, who had to resign five years ago in the face of sexual misconduct investigation, according to the Tampa Bay Times. And we, we know that his you know presence looms large. The Tampa Bay Times says that in the past five years since he resigned from the Florida Senate amid sexual misconduct investigation, Jack Lotvala has continued to influence Pinellas County politics by quietly unloading millions of dollars from his political committee to support local and state candidates and other Republican committees. But we want to we want to turn to you, Director Akile and Station Manager Eddie, and ask you, first of all, just to kind of introduce yourselves to our audience. Explain to us what your role is in the Uhuru movement in the African People's Socialist Party and at Black Power 96 Radio. Uhuru. Well, I guess I'll go ahead and start us off. And yeah. again, just really want to appreciate <laughs> being invited to participate in this discussion. And as you've mentioned, I'm the director for Burning Spear Media. This is an institution and apparatus of the African People's Socialist Party and is responsible for the production and distribution of ideas uh, through the various mediums that we have access to, which includes our Burning Spear newspaper and our relationship with the, this wonderful, incredible station that is a project of the African People's Education and Defense Fund, Black Power 96 Radio. And, you know, our you mentioned at the beginning of this program that the theory of African internationalism founded by Chairman Amalia Shetela is something that has helped us to explain the world, what it is that we are looking at and how we can understand and how to change it. And this uh, theory of African internationalism, we have a responsibility to get it out there into the world. And again, through various mediums accessible to us and to create the mediums ourselves, which is you know, uh, really why this struggle is important because African people are in a process of creating these institutions to contend with the narratives, the lies, the slander, and, you know, the ability to project our own voice, our own definitions. These have been the vehicles and we've made this stuff happen from the ground up. We built it. It's been the vision of Chairman Amalia Shetela for over 50 years. But this is, yeah, this is what I do and how I participate in the African People's Socialist Party. And I want to turn it over to a comrade um, DJ Eddie Maltzby, the station manager for Black Power 96. Guru, comrades, thank you so much, uh, Director McKeeley, for that. And yeah, I, I want to just say pretty much the same. Uh, my name is Eddie Maltzby. I'm a proud member of the African People's Socialist Party. Director McKeeley said it, said it a lot. You know, this station, station manager, and, and just managing the station is just not about playing music. I, I want to be able to forward the mission that we have been started here. This this mission has been going on for uh, 50 to 60 years, uh, getting people uh, together, getting people united. 
and, and this radio station is a tool just to do that. Uh, we play music and we have shows, but uh, again, we need to put out the narrative uh, of not just explaining the world, but changing it. And that's what the station is all about, getting people together, getting united, such as people as yourself, Jamie and Penny Hess, under the Solidarity Movement. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a movement that is going on, but it's something that has been created and the idea is there, changing people's minds, changing people's heart and soul, and, and doing the right thing by African people. Uh, we're not asking and begging for anything. This is a demand. This is the demand that we have our own uh, economic development, our own education, our own health for ourselves. And, and that's the basics of this radio station, putting out that narrative, changing people's, uh, again, the ideas and thought process. Because as we know, uh, the colonial system has brainwashed a lot of people. People are just going along with this system, and, and this system is corrupt from A to Z. And we have to change that. Uh, and, and that's what we do here at Black Power 96. We, we're changing the narrative. And, and I salute to the chairman, O'Malley Satella, and I want to also salute the deputy chair, uh, her vision and all that she's done and the different institutions that she created for African people everywhere not just here in St. Petersburg, Florida, where the station is, but all over the world. I mean, you can listen to our station uh, by downloading the apps. It's free. Go to blackpower96.org and look for the Listen Live and click it. it something very, very powerful should be out there and said in the world, and Omalia Satella is saying it. Uhuru. Uhuru. Thank you so much, uh, Director Kile and DJ Eddie. Very powerful and moving, and I, I really... I love the station and appreciate it so much. It's very unique, and I, I hope we could talk about it a little bit more. And I also really appreciate the slogan, not just explaining the world, but changing it. That's, that's so awesome. So I just wanted to ask you, I know there's some really innovative kinds of things that, um, that you both have introduced to the radio station. Um, like, you know, just a policy of playing all of the local talent there and artists. And so tell us a little bit about that and the impact that, that the station has on the community as well as the response from the community. Well, again, the uh, station is just not for playing music. Nevertheless, we have open it up to local artists. I was a local artist uh, here in St. Petersburg, Florida. I was born and raised here and singing downtown on uh, the streets of McCoy's outside in the street at a street performer. And I played for 35 years before I came here at the station. But during those years, I would spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars making a recording. And I would take this recording to the local stations here and uh, send them out and mail them out and no one would play them. I was brokenhearted. I spent six to seven hundred dollars in nineteen eighty-five, and believe me, six hundred dollars a lot of money then. It is now, <laughs> but then, sure enough, and I would make these recordings and and knock on doors, go to door to door, radio station. I don't want to name the stations, but uh, I would go to stations and and hand it to them and say, "Could you please play this?" You know, I'm one hundred percent blind. I sing on the streets of McCord in front of a store called McCord's. Can you do? They say, "Okay, thank you." Sometimes I would get rude response. I'll call them and say, are you going to play my song today? And they hang up. Mm. 
wow, okay, man, I spent a lot of money trying to do this. So when I came here to Black Power 96.3 FM radio station, I, I noticed there wasn't a lot of local artists. So I, I said, let's, let's come up with an idea. We have to get these local artists to, uh, because that's my, that was my passion. That was in my, my heart that I created three records in 85, 87, and 89. And, and they got very little airplay, if, if any. Uh, one day I, I called the station and said, well, you're not getting any requests. So I, I knew a lot of people. So I called a lot of people and told them to call a radio station. And they played it that night. They said, here is Eddie Maltzby. Won't You Be a Friend was the title of the song. Won't You Be a Friend by Eddie Maltzby, most requested song of the evening. They played it no more after that day. Wow. And so I know how hard it is for local artists. And these local artists have come in and they're hearing about Black Power 96 uh, wants to play local artist music. And they've been submitting music from as far as Africa, Canada, Donna and Shaka from Canada, uh, Madam Trauma from uh, New York, I mean, uh, North Carolina, but just all over. Uh, Siemens from San Diego, California, Houston, Texas, uh, just so many, Kenny Ken. And from every, uh, Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, Chicago, Illinois, Berwyn, Illinois, the list is going on and on. They're sending their music in and they love it. They wow. love it because we're giving them uh, the commercial airplay that they're looking for in their eyes. You know, even though we're a uh, low power frequency station, but we're huge. This I call it the low big station heard around the world because we're so big that we're opening up to every artist, no matter near or far, they have an opportunity to get their music played. People are voting for them. So it, it's, it's been huge. It's been really out, outstanding. This station is making a definitely impact in the world. That's so exciting. I don't think there's very many stations at all that do something like that. We are one of a kind, one of a kind. Yes, it's one of a kind. And that's wonderful. It needs to be Really, like you're saying, it's a big station. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a little station. And Derek, I don't know if you want to add to that. Well, yeah, I just, in terms of the impact of the station, and just to mention that the program is local going global that uh, Mr. Eddie was speaking of, I know that uh, people have gotten record deals from yes. this, performing in concert halls, you know, being opening acts for some um, other major artists. You know, as a result of first getting their music played on Black Power 96 yes. radio. Yes. Um, and we, we've known the institutions of APDF and those, you know, uh, in the Uhuru movement to do that, to offer a platform, to offer a kickstart for African people to be able to develop their, their own economic capacity. So mm -hmm. that's really significant. And yes. in terms of the influence, and I just want to say that Black Power 96 radio is operated off of the resources that are donated by people in this community. For six years, we have operated off of donations, mm -hmm. um, fund drives, you know, that we um, have twice a year, people paying out of pocket to keep this station on the air. And I think that says something about the impact of it. Also, anytime there's something going on in this community, people look to this radio station to get an understanding of what's happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, they come to the station, they, as uh, Mr. Eddie would say, bang, bang, knock, knock on the door. <laughs> and they're here, you know, raising their questions and all these types of things. We can see the reach of this community. Business owners, small business owners benefit from this radio station, mm -hmm. getting the kinds of, you know, airplay recognition out there on the station of 
again, things that they can't get anywhere else. You have to have this huge advertising budget, but you don't have to have that here with this community radio station. And and I'll just say, uh, you know, close by saying this, that it's the people's station. It's not it's not Eddie's station. It's not my station. Mm -hmm. It's not any individual, but it's the people's station. Mm -hmm. And it has served that purpose since its founding uh, six years ago and continues to serve that purpose. And we see the evidence of that by the fact that we are still on the air based on the people's decision Mm -hmm. to keep it on the air. So that's that's what I would say about the significance, the impact and of of VP96. That's it's it's so evident that it is the people's station. And, you know, Director Akile, in in this press conference that you held, that you led on on the steps of the we're right outside the St. Petersburg Police Department, the day of the FBI raids on the Uhuru movement, you addressed how the colonial state has attacked these programs on July 29th, 2022, these programs that are, are the really the only thing serving the African community, serving the African working class, mm-hmm. and that this colonial state also attacked Chairman Omalia Shatella. And, and, and that was really one of the things that kicked off this fight back that now includes the fight back against uh, what the Pinellas County Commission did in uh, attacking this radio station. Can you just address that, address the context that this is all happening in? Yeah, I, I think that's really important um, because first of all, we're looking at, uh, we have to look at the whole world when we talk about what happened on July 29th. Because when you don't look at the world and you exclude you know, what happened to us or make it some kind of isolated incident, then you can't properly understand it. And even the FBI and US government's explanations might become your explanation because if you're not looking at the world, then that that might make a little bit of sense. But what we're seeing, you know, throughout the world is that the colonial powers who've had a grip, you know, who have set the terms for how everything in this world has to operate. And that that system, this social system, as the chairman has defined it as a colonial mode of production, that this is something that has reigned over the existence of African and colonized peoples for 600 years. It's a system that we've been forcibly locked into. And as a consequence, African people have never known peace, have never known prosperity, have always had to for centuries work for the betterment, the upliftment of the colonizer to produce and reproduce life for the colonizer versus producing for ourselves. But what we're seeing now is that world order that came into existence through colonizing and snatching Africa and killing the indigenous people here in the U.S. or what they call the so-called Americas and every other uh, place that, you know, the colonial powers of Europe have attacked, that that order is shifting fundamentally and that the colonized and oppressed of the world, Africans as a central uh, uh, component to this, are changing are changing that situation and that this this creates a serious and profound crisis for the colonial powers of the world. And so they are engaged right now, not just in a contest for power, but they are in a, they're in, engaged in a fight to preserve themselves. And part of preserving themselves means that they have to attack black people and they have to specifically attack the African People's Socialist Party who has represented for 50 years the genuine aims and aspirations of African people, they have to attack this organization because it's had the audacity to actually challenge 
and negate the influence of the colonizer in our community by creating institutions and programs of dual and contending power, self-determination programs for African people. And that's what this radio station represents and everything that APDF is and does represents self-determination in the hands of African people. So just like Miss Sadie said, we don't beg anybody to do it for us. We do it for ourselves because we're not looking for welfare handouts or anything like that. We wanna be able to feed, clothe, and house ourselves on our own terms. We don't want the colonizer intervening in that process. We don't believe the colonizer has a right to intervene in that process after stealing the productive capacity of African people for centuries. It's out, you know, so this is the struggle that we're engaged in. And what happens when you negate the influence of the colonizer that it continues to cripple them because they require for their success to be able to bleed Africa, to be able to bleed African people in our communities dry. They require that to suck the blood of our people. That's what they require in order to exist. And we're we're severing that relationship. You can't suck the blood of our community anymore. You know, the, the vampire, we're putting out the garlic and the sunlight and everything. We're, giving, we're driving them out, you know. So this it's, is... It's um, so fight back. Yeah. It's so fight back. <laughs> and so, you know, this is... And that's why they attack this organization. That's mm -hmm. why they attack this station. That's why they attack these programs. You know, not because of some absurd notion of... Right. Uh, working for Russia. No, it's because Black people have been working for ourselves mm -hmm. and they can't have that. I think, again, it's really important to lay the context of this so we can really understand the true basis that, as Chairman says, freedom is illegal for Black people. And what we have been doing is struggling for freedom and self-determination. And that's how you know freedom, because you have the power in your hands to be able to make determinations about your future, about your present conditions. You have the ability to change them on your own terms. That's that's what we're in the business of, but that is illegal under colonialism because, again, colonialism requires exploitation and the oppression of African people in order to survive. So, Uru, yes, I, I mean, I think that that, like we were saying, it's so hard to describe the Black Power ninety six, but it expresses all the things you're saying, but it does it in the culture, in the music. And then you can, and I love it that you can be driving in your car and this can be on the radio mm -hmm. and you can hear Chairman Omalia Shatella or Malcolm X or even Reparations in Action. And, and then the music and music from all around the world. And there's also a Norman Richmond show. Just, just, it is really revolutionary. It, it is really inspiring. It feels like a new world, especially when we look at everything that is out there in the commercial world, and mm -hmm. you know, and just the, that the FBI would raid this on July 29th in such a brutal way. Just say a little bit about that, and then we'll go. Just you know, the hundreds of people and how they broke down the doors, etc. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, July 29th. I mean, it's the kind of violence that Africans have come to know and expect coming from any iteration of the colonial state. And the FBI on July 29th, they conducted simultaneous pre-dawn raids on the Uhuru movement and our institutions. Um, they attacked and raided the home of the Uhuru movement's leader and founder, Chairman Amalia Shatella, and APDF uh, president and architect of our Black Power Blueprint and these economic programs, Deputy Chair Onazine Ashitella, they used flashbang grenades. They had drones and assault rifles that they pointed at the chairman's chest. At the same time, they were doing this in St. Louis, Missouri, 
they were attacking our comrades in the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, comrades such as Comrade Chairman Penny Hess um, in the south side of St. Louis in the white community at the Solidarity Center, attacked the private homes of members of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement and the Solidarity Center itself. And they were doing the same thing in St. Petersburg, Florida. They uh, sectioned off this community around the Uhuru House and they raided the Uhuru House. I mean, sent a whole like troops, you know, mm-hmm. into yes. this building and left just, you know, just damage mm-hmm. all throughout the building that we had to pay for to fix, um, stealing files and from all locations, stealing files, laptops, uh, cell phones. They're stealing hard drives out of our archives here at the St. Petersburg Uhuru House. They're at my, you know, private home and they're, you know, telling me to come check my, they're using the St. Pete police to tell me to come check my car because they, they think it's been broken into to then be surrounded, you know, by a dozen FBI agents. So this is what they did um, again on July 29th, very reminiscent of what they were doing to us in the 60s, you know, when they were killing and putting us in prison. Yeah, that's in summary. And of course, we know that the attacks happened before July 29th um, here in St. Pete in particular, when um, this person on July 2nd came out with a military grade flamethrower and torched the red, black and green flag. And we know that the FBI has been attacking us subsequently in a series of attacks. But yeah, that, that's what occurred on July 29th. I'll also add, Penny has that particular day. It was I was called by the FBI that morning. Actually, was I at the radio station because I was on my way. So, and they called me to ask me. But the thing I wanted to to put out there is to say that attacking uh, the Uhuru House, they made sure that they did want to silence the station. Because if I was able to come here and say something's going on and then people would come out in force to back this movement up because they have been doing that for years and years. We know about the rebellion in 1996, Tyron Lewis, and the people fought back against uh, the, the state and United States and, and St. Pete uh, armed forces. And uh, and I think that is, is, should be said that they want to silence this station. And that, and that's how, how they they did it. You know, they just came in and, and kicked in. But they called me first. They called me. I was one of the first people, persons that talked to them. Wow, so outrageous! And Jamie, you're going to talk to. Let's talk about the grant. Yeah. And the commission meeting. And what happened? Let's talk about that, Jamie. Yeah. What, what was this uh, this grant that was originally awarded by the Pinellas County Commission? and then revoked. Can you tell us about uh, these uh, economic sanctions? Yeah, and um, for, yeah, so regarding the uh, attack that was made on BP-96 specifically with this grant, it was, a, uh, I think I think it was like 30, almost $37,000 worth of uh, resources um, that were from its federal government monies from the, some COVID relief funds. It's like called the ARPA funds. And uh, APDF and the Project Black for 96 applied for these for that um, grant $37,000 for uh, small equipment um, upgrades, as was uh, stated. And those equipment upgrades would have um, allowed us, one, have um, more equipment available and the right equipment available to be able to facilitate trainings for people in our community to become radio engineers, you know, audio editors, producers, and things like that, something that we normally don't even have access to, you know, in our communities, but they would be able to come here and to uh, carry out those kinds of things. And also to 
continue to facilitate our emergency broadcasting, you know, weather alerts and all these kind of things that we provide as a service to this community. Um, and it would have also had allowed us to get equipment that would facilitate some accessibility features uh, for our station manager who's 100% blind. And not that that's ever stopped him from being able to run this radio station, obviously, but the fact is that any, any way in which we can improve the conditions in this station to make his job easier, that's what we were trying to do. So among other things, that was uh, what the grant was for, for a small capital project. That's how it was characterized. And it was voted on and approved by the commission. And just to say, APDF ranked four out of 55 applicants wow. um, uh, for, for this grant. So that means our proposal was stellar. You know, everything that we had our case was, you know, top. And it was presented to the Pinellas County Commission late um, last year. They voted to approve uh, that grant. And then when this person, Chris Latvala, was elected to the board in November, they had a meeting, a, almost like a secret meeting on February 14th. Pinellas County Commission came up with a unanimous vote to revoke the resources that had already been awarded to Black Pride 96 Radio. So that was part one of overall economic attacks that we're characterizing as sanctions because there's yes. no way to say it against our movement. And again, when we look at these kinds of attacks on the economic work specifically, we can understand what the real basis for these attacks are. It has nothing to do with Russia or anything, but has everything to do with trying to bleed our community, trying to prevent us from being able to carry out these programs of self-determination programs that the Pinellas County Commission never gave the Black community you know, um, that the safety, the local government, nothing has ever given black people. It's always had to been something we created for ourselves. And and I also want to mention that this, these types of economic attacks, which I know we'll be saying more of about, you know, are things that this government does to countries and throughout the world, you know, to Cuba, to Venezuela, to Afghanistan, you know, sanctions are put in place. Um, as a way to starve the people to to make them, you know, have to uh, move in the desired manner of those who put in the sanctions on them. You know, so this is what they're doing, uh, domestic sanctions right here on African people in the form of the Uhuru movement. And that's really important to understand because it says something about how they see us, which is as the government, you know, yes, <laughs> for yes. African people. So, And, you know, we heard that clip of you and, and uh, DJ Eddie speaking at the Pinellas County Commission meeting a couple of weeks ago. Can you tell us what happened at that meeting, why you went to it? Well, it's important to stand up for uh, what we believe in and, and uh, getting that grant. Uh, it, 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 as I said that day, you, you can't give somebody something and, and take it away. I was personally, personally, not even for uh, just saying for myself, 100% blind, all my life, I wanted to be normal. Normal. You know, I wanted people to treat me normal. Here's an opportunity for uh, uh, myself. I'm 100% blind. I come here to the radio station. They allowed me to do some normalcy. I'm, I wasn't able to to run the street and look out and go and play and do things. But this this gave me an opportunity to be something, and I became a DJ. And then after the DJ, I became assistant manager. And then after, yeah, I even went home and said to myself, well, Eddie, you become somebody, but this is the farthest you're going to get because you're blind. And I even put myself down a little bit because I, I just don't think, not, not saying I can't do it, but I just need a, a chance. 
And next thing I know, I got a call saying, do you want to be station manager? And I was like, hallelujah, I can't believe this is this is happening. And then we go and we apply for the grant. We do everything possible. I'm praying, I'm praying. I'm saying, yes, we got the grant. I can get stuff to really help me now. The accessibility to computers to talk with me and, and I can move this station to a better height. And then to get it to snatch away after you said yes, that hurt it deep inside of my spirit. And to know that my disability has has been just kicked in my face again because I was here hoping for the best and was granted the best and then took it right up out of me again. Now I'm back down to see how can I get these pieces of equipment to help me help myself help my other people, Black people, the people station, we just got through talking about it. This hurts. And that's why I was moved to go talk to the Pinellas County Commission because what they did is absolutely wrong. Not, not only wrong, but how can they continue to do this to black people? How can we keep letting this happen? We have to fight. We have to do what we need to do. So going there, it, it wasn't something that uh, I said, I'm going to go there. This was out of hurt. I went out of hurt for not only me, my people, but I took it personally when they took the $37,000 away because they took my ability to be normal. Oh, for real. And That's outrageous. Oh, for real. And can I add to this? Yeah, sure. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, and, you know, we organized a contingent of forces to come and speak and to give their own stories. It wasn't even something that we had to, you know, like write for anybody. Like they go up and they say their own stories because they have this personal relationship and, you know, this experience with the radio station. We had a local artist who joined us. We had a young, uh, I believe 19 years old, uh, you know, who just is just got employed here at Black Pro 96 as a software engineer, you know? And it's like, where, <laughs> you you know, in, as an African, you get hired as a software engineer in the African community. You don't got to mm -hmm. go work in the colonizer community, you can work in your community as a software engineer. So we had, you know, uh, this brother there uh, to speak. We had, you know, uh, business owners who have used mm -hmm. the station to be able to put out their events, to put out, you know, their business. And, um, and comrades in the solidarity movement to say that, you know, this commission meeting and this body does not get to reflect the views of the opinions of the white community, even that, you know, mm -hmm. the white community supports Black Pro 96, listens to Black Pro 96 radio, listens to White Lives Shattered. And comrades Jamie, you know, was there, put forward a powerful statement, comrade Johan and, and, and comrade Janice, uh, who is one of the administrative staff with the African People's Education and Defense Fund, delivered powerful statements that, you know, didn't just talk about, you know, just themselves or but just to say this is what this institution does like this is i mean it's not something we're just saying happens come but people really been affected by yeah. there are statistics to back it up to say this is how this institution has you know intervened and uplifted you know the lives of our people in this community so mm -hmm. that was really powerful for us to do and to put out Yes. In the faces of the Pinellas County Commission, mm -hmm. um, you know, in the faces of those who spearheaded the attack, Chris Lotvilla, we mentioned, but we also have to mention Renee Flowers, um, a notorious sellout right here in the city of St. Petersburg in uh, Pinellas County, you know, who was is, is part of the handpicked Negroes that the colonial ruling class has picked to be able to work against the interests of black people. She's been doing this for years. 
And, you know, she uh, was part of, of making sure that we did not receive these resources. But another critical thing for us to do was to raise this question of democracy and how it is an absolute farce. There is no democracy for the colonized and that this quote unquote democratic process that's supposed to be in place that we adhered to, we submitted the grant, we did based on everything they mm -hmm. said we needed to do. Mm -hmm. We won that grant based on that. And what they do is they, 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 they say, you know, screw their own democracy is what they say. Mm -hmm. And that this radio station, uh, the, uh, the ability to have on radio station represents our ability to exercise the rights of freedom of speech, freedom of association, APDF associated with the Uhuru movement, freedom of association, freedom of assembly, mm -hmm. freedom of the press, you know, all of these things, uh, rights that are, uh, are supposed to be, mm -hmm. you know, uh, bestowed to the so-called citizens, you know, of this country and Africans are presumed citizens of this country, except democracy does not work for Africans. We have to expose this and we have to make the forces who say they're protecting democracy. We have to show that they don't give a damn about democracy. Mm -hmm. They only care about being able to, you know, um, uh, to oppress and exploit African and colonized people. That's what this is about. And that's what their democracy allows them to do. So we had to really expose that also when we went to that commission meeting. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, just as, as someone who, it, since you mentioned it, I was there. It was really an honor to be there for that Pinellas County Commission meeting to speak out against this revoking of, of the grant to Black Power 96. And it seemed to me that we really were a palpable presence that mm -hmm. day. People really took notice. You had so many different sectors of people, people from the African community, from the white community, you know, uh, people who, who are artists, uh, people who are, are getting experience on Black Power 96, yourself, station manager, Eddie, and director, Akile. Uh, what did you think about the success of that Pinellas County Commission meeting, the, the speak out, and especially coming on the heels of that powerful press conference at the Uhuru House immediately after uh, the Pinellas County Commission attack. I mean, I was very, very pleased and excited about it. And it just showed a real serious momentum, very much, a uh, very, a lot of support mm -hmm. for this movement. Um, you know, and, and sometimes in ways you can't even expect it because you, you were doing this work all the time. So how we are reaching people sometimes you know, it, it takes, you know, for people to come and say, hey, this is this is really instrumental in my life. You know, so to have these people come up and say that on their own, you know, was just really, really powerful. And, um, you know, also able to really build and win um, unity from other forces in this city. You know, uh, some of the, you know, what they characterize like the makers and shapers here, um, you know, being able to build uh, those relationships and support for this movement, because, you know, what we're doing, being able to sum up that this attack on this radio station, this attack on our movement is an attack on the rights of Black people to be able to do for self, is to be able to have a radio station that we call our own in all of these institutions. And that's, you know, what we want to unite people around is that Black people should be able to do this. We should be able to do this without fear of uh, loss of life, limb, and livelihood. We should be able to do that. And so we've been able to really win that, I believe. And, you know, that was, I think, demonstrated uh, certainly at the Pinellas County Commission meeting. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just thought it was very powerful. And people felt empowered to mm -hmm. be able to do that, by the way. I mean, some people, they'd never, they'd never done a demonstration or anything in their life. Mm -hmm. And they came and they did that. And they went in front of these people, which is sometimes scary because these are the 
you know, these guys that loom in the shadows, you never even see them half the time because they're never doing anything for our community. But, you know, they were able to look them in the face and say this. And that's that's a kind of feeling of, of feeling of power, you know, uh, that you that you got to carry with you when you're doing something like that. So I think it really, really just mobilized um, yeah. uh, the forces that were participating as well. You know, I, I just really appreciate this so much. And I I'm just so struck by how how absolutely revolutionary, how, how beautiful this station is. And the whole story of DJ Eddie was something that in this quote, you know, colonial society is called a quote, disability, yeah. unquote, when a person has so much talent, warmth and brilliance as Mr. Eddie. And that I think that, you know, just we need to really get that story out there, that that grant was to facilitate him being able to carry out his job. Yeah. And um, that's so outrageous. And just to think of the humanity of this station and of the Black Power 96 and African People's Education and Defense Fund, which is about the people. Yeah. You know, it's about the community. And you know, it just it just stands in great contrast to everything else that's in the society. Yes. And that's what it means when African workers have power. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Yes, yes. yes. I'm proud, to, you know, I'm proud to be uh, a part of the working class. You know, I'm part yes. of being that. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a million people so-called disabled. And and so I'm just one of those people that I want to be able to share my walk through Black Power to see you can do this too to my mm -hmm. other uh, comrades that are disabled, and and this is this is why I'm so you know moved uh, about uh, what they've done, and and I, and I want to add to to that with the people that came out, uh, we do it all the time, uh, we do outreach. And that was a form of outreach. We had to go to to address what they've done. If you don't address it, then you leave it like they can just do anything. You have to address it. Whatever they push against you, you have to push back. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't address it, then it's business as usual. Yes. Like the chairman would say, just another day in Africa. It's business as usual when they kill a black boy. If you don't say anything, it's business as usual. And we have to change that. That's where we have to fight back. You have to push back. And that's what I, I felt in that conference that we had over there in Pinellas County. I thought it was more of, I felt just, uh, you, you could just feel the, the thing in the room. The spirit in the room was, oh, we're, we're, we're here to make a change. Yep. Yeah. That's powerful. And I, that is so true. You know, and that's the spirit of the Uhuru movement, fight back and yes, in the interests of the people. And, and the party is winning. So, But we do want to ask you about the new grant that you were just awarded. Yes. Yeah, so um, we well, this this grant is something that, um, again, has to go before the Pinellas County Commission in okay. April. But um, this is for a larger projects grant. It's for the same COVID relief funds, the federal funding. <clears throat> so this grant was for something like about $60,000 uh, for a generator uh, for the building um, that stands at 1245 18th Avenue South in St. Petersburg, Florida, 
where we don't just house a radio station, but we house a community commercial kitchen. And so this generator would allow for these institutions to still be powered on in the face of storms, which we know this particular area gets hit by heavy thunderstorms, hurricanes, and with the climate crisis, we can anticipate more of those types of things happening mm-hmm. um, in, in more dramatic fashion. So this this generator would allow us to, again, you know, keep power on in the station. Um, I remember when we had first really gotten off the ground in 2017, we were hit with Hurricane Irma, and there were comrades here, comrades Sandy um, and other volunteers who were here in the station giving, you know, hourly updates on where to locate shelters, where to locate sandbags, and, you know, if there were any supplies, water, and things like that. I mean, this was the only station that was doing that, offering that uh, emergency information to our community. And the same for the kitchen for, you know, for us to be able to keep and preserve, you know, the foods and things like that to be able to uh, serve as a community kitchen space. Um, in the face of emergencies, you know, that's what that generator would be for. So, this application uh, was also ranked uh, number four out of all applications, and we were we are being recommended for funding to the Pinellas County Commission. Um, and and this was ba- this was also in light of the fact that the Pinellas County Commission just revoked our um, of our other grant. So the fact is that you know the um, the entity that was contracted to carry out the granting process you know they really fought to make you know make to, to approve us based on the merit of APEDO that's what they did and despite these attacks they said we're going to recommend them because this is who they are what they stand for what they're aim- aiming to do with these resources so um that's a it's a really big deal again this was the this was you know what happened last year we got a recommended it went before the commission they approved it so this is you know the situation we're looking at now but that's what the grant is for um uh, the generator we want to be able to uh, get with that those grant resources and again a- the work of apdf and the Uhuru movement really speaks for itself yes. and it stands out among the rest it really does yes. and no one can say that they're doing the same things for the african community can't and um so that's what people have to see when they come across our applications mm-hmm. and you know so I think that's, um, you know, what we really, really can pull from that is that this is something that is recognized. Um, APDF, standout institution, the programs, the work that we do, none other can touch. And it's the only one that does it, you know, for mm-hmm. this community. And this is... Let me just ask one thing. So you're saying the granting agency put you at number four and wants to award it, but it has to again be approved by the same... Correct. White wing, white nationalist board. Right. So we have to see, you know, after this speak out, will anybody change their their mind or, you know, et cetera. Right. And and yeah, just to say again that these are not commission dollars. These are not coming from the Pinellas County Fund. (laughs) This This is federal monies from COVID relief funds you know, that we've applied for and, um, that working people. Yeah. That, that, working are, people. that are tax dollars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's, working class people. Yeah. yeah. So, um, this is, I just wanted to say that because the way the commission, you know, has moved up to now in terms of approving these funds has been based off of their own political uh, position against the Uru movement. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. So I just wanted to reiterate that part. Wow. wow. And, you know, it's just such a reviewing thing this this process uh that that just demonstrates the extent to which you this 
movement and this radio station is absolutely something that comes out of the African working class. And, and it, it just becomes increasingly difficult for any of these entities from the colonial uh, ruling class to suggest that they, on the one hand, support the black community, while on the other hand, they're attacking this movement and all these institutions that are almost single-handedly addressing the needs of the black working class. And one of those forces that is trying to do that, trying to have it both ways, though not doing a very good job of, of, of even appearing to have any support for the black community is this person, Chris Latvala, hmm. who led the attack on Black Power 96. Could you talk to us a little bit about Latvala and this uh, father-son team, right? His, uh, his father is a politician mm-hmm. with an, an unsavory past. Uh, could you talk about them and, and the anti-African stand that they represent? Yeah, I mean, they they had a meeting on February 9th before they voted to revoke the funds where they sat and they slandered the Uhuru movement and attacked us, you know, on, uh, again, all these accusations and things like that from those coming from the FBI government. I mean, from the FBI, from those we've heard, you know, historically, you know, throughout the history of the Uhuru movement, um, you know, uh, throwing things around like uh, being anti-Semitic or associated with anti-Semitic organizations and you know, saying that, um, you know, we've, we've uh, put forward positions that are in opposition to their friends and colleagues, you know, as they've, as they've said. And so, you know, the fact is that the Uhuru movement is always going to have a difference of opinion of the Pinellas County Commission, unless it's members of the Uhuru movement that are sitting on the Pinellas <laughs> County Commission. But, um, you know, this is, uh, but, you know, he represents the uh, attitudes and ideas and objectives of the colonial ruling class. I mean, this is what he serves. And, um, you know, it's a political dynasty, mm-hmm. yeah. as you've laid out. Um, you know, his daddy had been working behind the scenes funding politicians that will carry out his will. And I mean, I was reading articles where it was saying, you don't want to cross Jack Latvala because he's, you know, one of the most powerful guys in politics. And, you know, so this is the kind of grip. But see, none of that comes under question. None of that is illegal, uh, as they've characterized it. And, you know, he was uh, his father, you know, um, had to resign um, uh, from uh, his his uh, his seat. Because of these uh, uh, accusations or an investigation, it's a sexual misconduct, you know, but not proven guilty. But, you know, none of this is investigated. Chris Latvala's association with his own father doesn't come under question. So, you know, this is but this is who we're looking at. I mean, just the nasty, treacherous, you know, types of forces. That's Chris Latvala. And like I mentioned, Renee Flowers, you know, they get in bed with these forces. And, you know, and I mean, it's just incredible. But that's, you know, that's who Chris Latvala is. And, um, you know, we just, yeah, like I said, it comes from a whole political dynasty that's been attacking African people. And, you know, um, also one of the things we found out, I mean, this, this guy just got an award from the Fraternal Order of Police, you know, some, some achievement award, you know, so this, this says something about whose interests he represents. And they're obviously directly opposed to the interests of the African working class. Right. And this is all happening when things like African history and the public schools is being banned in Florida and, you know, just so many other attacks on the democratic rights of African people, yep. um, you know, are, are, are being levied against the community. And that's why we have to, you know, this, this is, this represents 
the whole question of free speech, because it is African people fighting for the democratic rights, just like Rosa Parks was, you know, in the 1950s against the McCarthy era. It's it's what will change it. It's what will transform the world, not just explaining the world, but changing it. So it's very, very powerful struggle. Yes. Yeah. What did what did I hear? Uh, this vote, they had this closed meeting on February 9th, and did they said it was revoked on the 14th? No, yeah, so they had a meeting on February 9th. It was, I guess, a public meeting um, mm-hmm. where they were uh, they were talking to the actual CEO of the granting um, agency or the, mm-hmm. the, the company that they contracted with to carry out the grant process. Um, and so they were really, like, uh, giving him the third degree, you know, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. interrogating him as to how our application could have gotten approved. Uh, even though they voted for it, but they were asking him this question, and they, um, and they did revoke on. And but on February fourteenth, right. they had this meeting, which was um, unprecedented. It was not mm-hmm. the agenda was not published on their website. Neither were any of the minutes, and mm-hmm. um, they came into that meeting and voted unanimously without any discussion mm-hmm. to revoke the resources, which says something about you know suggests that they were meeting outside yes. of yes. of of the Pinellas County Commission, which is you know, illegal. Um, right. There's the sunshine law. Yeah, right. sunshine law. Right. Quote, unquote. And, yeah. And not only uh, this uh, sunshine law, but how how is it not visible to see that in Black History Month, they s- decided to do this. Mm-hmm. And then right. on Valentine's Day, <laughs> the day you show love, you mm-hmm. get no love. <laughs> yeah, how, exactly. How, how ironic was that? Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we're coming up on our time now. This has gone so fast. This has been amazing. And there's so many more things that we need to talk about, including a local, or or, I'm sorry, a recent um, attack by Regents Bank on the African People's Education and Defense Fund, which is the umbrella under which the radio station functions. Mm -hmm. And we just have a couple of minutes uh, Director Akile, for you to just say a couple things about that. And I think we need to bring that to another show and, mm-hmm. and have you back and probably Deputy Chair Ona as well to talk about these attacks more. Yes. So, I'm, I mean, one of the things we need to say is that the FBI and um, more appropriately, even the U.S. government is escalating their attacks on the Uhuru movement. Um, and we've talked about, and we have, it's really important for us to frame this attack on the economic work as economic mm-hmm. sanctions, as yes. domestic sanctions on the African community to prevent us from being able to carry out these programs of self-determination. And that's what the revocation of this grant represents. And uh, most recently, uh, this attack from Regions Bank, this banking institution that APDF has actually had a working relationship for, I think, over 20 years, it was said. Um, and um, all of a sudden, with no explanation, they want to sever ties with the Uhuru movement and any accounts associated with the Uhuru movement. And um, this disrupts so much of our economic work. I mean, and, the, and the, just the fact that we have to go through a whole process now of canceling these accounts and et cetera. I mean, it's just, a thing that um, is attempting to take us off course and, att- and, and attempt to starve us economically. I mean, it really is 
as plain as day what yes. this is about. Mm -hmm. And you have a situation where the leadership uh, for or um, uh, of of regions just brought on uh, someone from a, I think either formally or part of the FBI um, into into now their their you know their organizational body you know um into the this is all happening at the same time so i'm just saying that cuz it's not a coincidence but um again this is something that you know we've had an, uh, a relationship with regions for uh, something like 20 years and we have a lot of um you know of our accounts and things like that associated with regions bank and now they again without explanation want to sever all ties but we know what the explanation mm -hmm. is i mean if you want to know what the explanation is we can look at all the other attacks that the us government have been making against the african people's socialist party against the uhuru movement and against chairman amalia shatella so um you know that's in brief you know what i would uh, what i can say um you know about this recent attack it just represents an escalation and it's as serious as the looming indictments over the heads of chairman amalia shatella and um, the so-called unindicted co-conspirators and other, you know, members of this movement, you know, that's that's the kind of, uh, you know, uh, that's how we're seeing it, you know, taking it very seriously. And again, I mentioned they do this to other countries throughout the world when they're trying to force them, force their hand into a mm -hmm. position um, that works in their interest. Okay. That's what they're trying to do to us. And uh, but of course, they will not be successful. And we're going to keep on pushing because mm -hmm. even though they revoked $36,000, Black Print 96 is still on the air. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> we can still do what we want to do. Mm -hmm. So, people's um, station. Yeah, people's the people's station. station. So, um, so that's what, you know, I can say in brief about that, Comrade Penny and Jamie. I really appreciate the idea of the sanctions, you know, the, the, the analogy, which it is, in fact, because this is a struggle for dual and contending power, for power in the hands, political and economic power in the hands of the African working class. And that's why it is so dynamic. And yes, yeah. the struggle, the struggle uh, is going on. <laughs> I like, I, I like, during the key, they said it, they're screwing their own democracy. Mm -hmm. right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Well, I really would just want to deeply thank each of you and and salute you for the work you're doing and for this really clarifying and I think critical discussion we've been able to have today. Uh, it seems like a, a lot of what we're doing on reparations in action this period is summing up the ongoing counterinsurgency war on black liberation. It has so many fronts, uh, but the, the movement is just carrying out this amazing counteroffensive. And uh, we hope to have both you, Director Akile, and you, Station Manager Eddie, back soon to discuss this with us. I want to thank you both so much for joining us on Reparations in Action today. Thank you. Thank you. Guru, and thank you. Vanguard up. Relentless. Vanguard up. Relentless. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uhuru. This has been an episode of Reparations in Action, a biased podcast of white solidarity with black power. My name is Jamie Simpson. We'd like to thank our team of volunteers. Our sound engineer is Aaron Loss, who also composes our theme music. Our research coordinator is Alex Pletcher. Reparations in Action is produced by Penny Hess, Jesse Neville, and Lisa Watson from the Black Power 96 studio in St. Petersburg, Florida. A shout out to Burning Spear Media Director Akile Anayi 
as well as Black Power 96, WBPU LP St. Petersburg, and the station manager, Mr. Eddie Maltzby. If you like what you've heard today, you can go to Apple Podcasts and rate this podcast. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, or if you would like to join our volunteer team, you can email us at ria at blackpower96.org. That's ria at blackpower96.org. A special thanks to Chairman Omalia Shatella and the African People's Socialist Party, without whose relentless leadership and theory of African internationalism, none of the understandings presented on reparations in action would be possible.